First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 698 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. And if you are a UFC fan, tomorrow UFC 287 is going down in Miami, Florida. And the co-main event will feature today's guest on the podcast, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns will be fighting Jorge Masvidal on the co-main event on the card featuring Izzy Alessandra, who is looking to regain his title. Gilbert Burns has got such an inspiring story. He's a world-renowned Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist. He comes from a very rough neighborhood in Brazil, and jiu-jitsu became really his escape. He won the gold medal in the World Professional Jiu-Jitsu Cup Championships in 2010. He won the gold medal in the Nogi Championships in 2010 and 2013. He is one of the top fighters, the most exciting fighters to watch in the UFC, and during his UFC career, he has had the performance of the night four times. And if you are a dad who is a fan of the fight game, you do not want to miss UFC 287 tomorrow night. The pay-per-view event will be going down in Miami, Florida. And Gilbert Burns will be here with me in just a few minutes to talk all about it, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Gilbert Burns was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the UFC fighter and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and fight fans, you know the deal. I've had a ton of UFC dads on the podcast here, uh, including Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman, and even the UFC president, Dana White himself. So go through the uh, list, the archives there, find out all the fighting dads that have been on the podcast here that I've had the honor of speaking to about fatherhood and family life. And if you're looking for tickets for the UFC fight or for the baseball season that just got underway or the hockey playoffs that are coming up or the basketball playoffs, Buy your tickets at SeatGeek.com or use that SeatGeek app and plug in the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. And you can save $20 on your tickets. It's a no-brainer. SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. One word, FIRSTCLASS at the checkout. Save $20 on your tickets. All right, be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. If you have an opportunity, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Father's Day is every day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview right now, straight up with Gilbert Burns on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Gilbert Burns. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. My pleasure to be on the show. Well, let's start it like this here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have two kids. Pedro Benai is my oldest one. He's He just turned 10, February 25th. And I have Joshua. He's eight years old. He's turning nine in, in August. Very cool. You got two boys. You're going to be trying for the girl or you're all done? If it's my choice, for sure, girl. I want to try one more. But my wife, we we had a very hard pregnancy. Both of the 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 guys, she was kind of sick the whole pregnancy. So I want one more, but I didn't feel what she felt. So I kind of get it. She she don't want anymore. We still we 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 respect each other. But if it was up to me, one more. If it was up to to her, not anymore. So we maybe maybe I hope one more. 
All right. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, we, we have three boys, then got our girl on the fourth try. We went through some some tough pregnancies, too. We had several miscarriages along the way. So I understand wow. the process uh, can be tough. If you could, Gilbert, please just take a second uh, to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background, if you could. Yeah, so I'm Brazilian. I uh, <clears throat> uh, born and raised in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. And uh, <clears throat> I'm right now, I'm 36 years old. I fight in the UFC. But growing up, I have, I'm the middle brother. I have two brothers that grow up with me in Brazil. And a uh, little, not little, but tough neighborhood, tough growing up. Uh, never starved, never was that bad, but a lot of tough times, like cutting the water. We had, didn't have power for several days. Just the same food, kind of oatmeal for weeks. Uh, but yeah, very tough growing up. But my parents still married in Brazil. Uh, I'm trying to on the process to bring them to come here to America, but the the visa was declined twice. But yeah, tough growing up in Brazil. Uh, early age, when I was 12 years old, my 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 dad put me and my brothers into martial arts, and we fell in love and we never stopped. My old my youngest brother lives here in the, in the U.S. too, here in Florida. He fights in the UFC, has one daughter. My older brother became a Navy SEAL in Brazil, and he has three daughters. So we came for a tough beginning, but I think uh, my parents did a great job, like uh, the way they raised us. We developed a lot of values, you know, like a lot of tough times, but with good principle, with good values, and then that, that was the core that would stay with us. Yeah, incredible stuff, Gilbert. And I know that uh, you obviously you've had a lot of success in your own fight career. But you know, one thing I, I asked uh, Henzo Gracie when I had him on the show about this, too, because one thing in, in the United States here, we got we got a real fatherless problem in our country. We have so many kids that are growing up without that father father figure in their life. What is the family culture like in Brazil compared to the U.S.? What's that family unit like? It's kind of like similar. You know, we have a lot of uh, orphans, a lot of kids growing up without without a dad. Very, very, very similar. And uh, even a little, I think, worse than here, to be honest, because the amount of poor people in Brazil is bigger than here. So, yeah, I, I believe it's worse than here. Man, well, take me back to the beginning then, 10 years ago, to your fatherhood journey then. How old were you then? I guess 26 when you became a father. And how did that experience kind of change your perspective yeah. on life? It changed. It changed the whole perspective because I came from a lot of I, – I, I do believe I don't have a lot of bad trauma coming up, but I passed through a lot of a lot of things that kind of built me on who I am today. But whenever I met my wife, Bruna, I was living in Sao Paulo. I was focused on jiu-jitsu. But then I was coming back to Rio. After after getting into a relationship with her, I got back to Rio. And then when I got back to Rio, we, 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 we started living together. And... Uh, and she got pregnant, and then we we got married. We did the opposite. We should get married first, but she got pregnant first. Then we got married. We did the wrong way, but we learned it. And uh, but then, whenever we were living together, was wasn't inside the, of the favela, but was super super close to the favela. And they have a a a, a house that was like no one was using. Was old house like. And a bunch of crackheads they occupied that home, and they start selling crack at that house. And that was literally in front, like door in front of our door. And uh, it was it was just getting worse. Whenever she was three months pregnant, four, 
she was so sick and those guys like whole the whole night they were there selling stuff selling bunch of crazy stuff old stuff just to buy crack and that line started getting very big so night a lot of nights we couldn't sleep because they were making a lot of noise you know stealing stuff to sell and that was literally in front of our door and now you're like you know it's no way I'm gonna let my kid grow up right here, you know? And then I decided to move to US. I already had a plan, but was nothing, was, I didn't have nothing guaranteed that would help me here. So we talk, I wanna come. She decided, no, let's, let, let's have the kid here. At least we have family here to help us out. Let, let him born here. Whenever he, the doctor said he's good to travel, we travel. So that's exactly what we, what we did. After six months over there, Whenever he made six months, I sold everything I had and we moved to Florida and nothing was guaranteed. I just moved. I just came here. I was uh, 6-0 on my career as a beginning of my, my MMA fight career. And I just came here. I had one more fight in Brazil. I fought in Brazil. And we started, the things here started getting hard and hard. But finally, I got, after a couple months that we moved, I got signed with the UFC. And things start getting a little better, but we just move, you know. I just like I make that decision. Say, I didn't accept like with, with my curriculum, the way I was working, my jujitsu, my career. Say, there's no way I'm gonna let my kid grow up right here. We gotta move, and then we make the decision. Then we move. I got in the UFC. As soon as I got in the UFC, I think I did my first fight. She was pregnant again, and then things start getting even harder. And then we gotta move to a small apartment. And we start hustling. It was very hard. It got to a point that whenever Joshua born, I kind of lost one fight. Thing it wasn't going good. And I remember she started cooking just to kind of sell meals to help with, with, with everything. And then I was teaching in the morning. I was doing seminars. I was working every job that, that I could. And eventually I was getting better in the UFC. I was, I was moving up in the ranks and I was getting better pay. I was able to the security care of my family, but yeah, we got we got a lot of fight together, me and Bruno. And I think that's that's the thing because my relationship with Bruno is so strong that the kids see it, you know, like it's nothing that they're never gonna see me hitting Bruno or yelling at her or or, or said or something like that. So it, I think that's the main thing. We gotta lead by example, you know, it's not just saying stuff. But my kids see the way I treat my wife, the way, the way I treat their moms, that's the first. And then we kind of trying to 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 establish that at home with the respect is first. And we just have one rule at home, only one rule. You can't not lie. If you messed up, just hey, I messed up. I don't know, I was I don't know, whatever I did this, you you're not gonna get in trouble but if you got you in a lie yeah you might get hit and you're gonna get in trouble yeah listen you, your story is an, an incredible one and it's a one on perseverance and everything else but I, i'm with you there with uh i have two teenagers and i tell them the same thing with the lying and when i catch them in a lie i say you know i'm not upset that that you lied to me i'm upset because i can't trust you anymore you know it's yes, like that's the problem with that it's it's so it's so severe uh, when they do that, and it's just because you don't want them to lift their line about the small things. You, you, you want to be able to trust them when things become real issues and stuff like that, too. But I, I want to I know, obviously, you say your relationship with Bruno, very, very strong. What about your relationship? I know usually 
post-fight, you always give glory to God. What I want to ask you about your faith. How important was your faith during this whole journey that you had? And how important is your faith in raising your kids as well? No, my faith is what brings me here. You know, I, I, I said, I keep saying that I wasn't the way I grow up. If I don't, the way it was so hard that I, I, I wasn't supposed to be here, you know, but, but I'm super blessed. I always put God in first in my life. Like we, we, We've been in church. We've been serving the the serving Jesus, serving in the church, helping each other, and and growing up our relationship with God. Because I do believe we're here for a reason. But the first reason is to serve Him. The first reason is because He gave His His Son Jesus for us. And uh, yeah, we have a strong relationship. We try. Me and Bruno, we. This year, we start reading more and more, studying more of the Bible. So we had one little space in the morning. Sometimes it's very quick, but at least we have one chapter in the morning, and then we get another chapter at night. And we always kind of talk about trying to grow our relationship with God. But yeah, I always had a faith. And even those times that I make, I got to make a hard decision, I literally put my knees on the floor, and then I pray, and then I ask. And... Whenever, whenever I felt that that was the answer, I was just going. And then I moved from Rio to Sao Paulo, from Sao Paulo back to Rio. From Rio, we know we nothing guaranteed. I moved out of, out of my country and come to U.S. here to Florida and start a life. But I always had a confirmation. You know, I always put my knee on the ground and I pray and I get a confirmation. When he confirms... I have no doubt of it. People say, hey, boy, you're crazy. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going. You know, it was just like that. And that happened a couple of times in my life. But God was in control, you know. Yeah, great stuff. And I know your wife is a, a black belt as well, right? Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, you obviously are, are, are a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So you guys are obviously very good at that, very disciplined people. But what kind of disciplinarian are you as a father? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? It's so hard too. <laughs> Those kids sometimes they come with with different problems to solve. You know, it's cool and a lot of different problems. So we gotta be disciplined because sometimes they got caught up in my career. You know, sometimes I gotta I, I gotta be naturally. You just you gotta be you gotta be kind of more focused on me. But then something crazy happened with the kids. There's no way. I'm going to be just an athlete. I got to go back to be a father too and discipline these guys. But it's great, you know, like it's hard, but it's a lot of good. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that as a dad, it's one of the hardest things that I got to do. But on the same time, it's one of the best things that I got to do. You know, it's that crazy. Sometimes it's so hard, man. These kids are driving me crazy. But on the other time, it's the best times that I have, you know, and and I'm great because they, like this week, we had a spring break here in Florida. So they come to, to, to practice with me almost every day. And then we had a good time. The morning was was a hurry. It was a fight in the morning. But then we go to the practice. They play a lot of friends in there. And the great thing is they know my fight coming up. They know the importance of my fight. And they respect every area of these. And they're going to be at my fight. So they kind of enjoyed, oh, daddy, two weeks. Yeah, you got to make weight in two weeks. They say, yeah, how you doing? I say, I'm good. So I'm <laughs> eating good. No sugar, no these. You guys chew out. But I can't eat a little sugar. They say, a little bit, but not much. It's not good for you. 
So it's kind of like the whole lifestyle they they've been part of, and and they know they know even I don't need to say they know how I sacrifice to become a champion to be the best athlete I can be, and that's that's a thing. It sets a lot of, to the guys without me saying anything. They see how hard I train. They see my recovery, ice baths that I'm doing every day in the morning, after training, sauna, train, stretch, strength conditioning. And they, they are part of this, you know, they kind of seen all of that dedication, the sacrifice. And I think that teaches more than anything. One thing is me saying, oh, don't do this. Not a thing that they see that I'm not doing. They see that I'm reading the Bible. They see that I'm trying to get better. They see if I messed up with Bruno, I apologize. And... I think that's the best discipline that we can teach the kids is set an example, not just don't do what I what I say, do what I do. You don't need to do what I say, just do what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, very well said, Gilbert. I don't think there's anything more important. Obviously, you could say all you want and talk talk your ear off, but it's there at the end of the day, they're going to see what you're doing, and hopefully, uh, you know, they're going to mimic that behavior as well. Is this the first time they're going to see one of your fights, or they've been there before? Oh, they've been there a couple of times. They've been uh, the last one, two, three, the last four fights right after COVID. They've been on every single one. They've been on fights before COVID. During COVID, they couldn't do it. But after COVID, they've been on four fights. Yeah, Jacksonville, Vegas, Brazil. Yeah, now no, there's going to be the fourth one. But they've been in a bunch of fights, a bunch of grappling matches. Yeah, they 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 used to, they like it. They they know all the fighters. They know everybody. They know everyone that works for the UFC. They 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 getting very more and more familiar with everybody. Are they training? Do you have them in right now, learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Are they are they doing it yet or not yet? I had it. They used to do a lot and they love it. But now, not now. Maybe two years from now, they fell in love with football and they're doing flag football, and I love and I support very much. Joshua and Peter, they're good wide receivers. They play very good. They hustle. They run. So, and I support. Yeah. On the beginning, I kind of pushed a little bit to fight, but it wasn't just for them to become a fighter, but then to learn how to defend themselves. But then they compete. They know how to defend already. They can fight. They usually they fight each other a lot, more than I want, but they do. But they already know how to defend. Now, Pedro... Joshua loves football, then soccer, and Pedro, he loved, both love football first, but Pedro, basketball second, but I just support the kids to, to, to play outside, we go in the pool, we play football, we play basketball, we play soccer, we play fighting, so they have a lot of energy, and then I gotta be, I gotta make sure I have energy to make sure I burn their energy, because they have, those guys can play all day. <laughs> well, there's a lot of opportunity, that's for sure, for all these different sports. they got so many different leagues now. Kids can get a taste of everything and find out what they like, so that's pretty cool. And obviously, i got to ask you, you have the fight coming uh, coming up here against Masvidal. He hasn't fought, I think, in over a year. It's been since he's fought. What are we, uh, give me the breakdown, how you see the fight going. You planning on taking him to the ground, standing there and, and banging away. What What's the strategy here going in? Uh, he's a veteran, you know, and I got to take that very, very seriously. He has 51 fights. That's a lot of fights. I have 26 fights. He has almost a double of my fights. But I think I'm on my prime right now, and I put a lot of work into my fight. Like, I commit 100% with all my training, diet, resting, recovery, 
everything, investing a lot more than everything on my training. I think I'm going to be well prepared, super well prepared for this fight. But the easiest path for me would be the jiu-jitsu. You know, whenever I put Masvidal in the floor, I think fight is going to be way, going to be way easier for me. But it's a tough fight. You know, it's not an easy fight in the UFC. These guys, veteran, super tough. I'm ready. I'm getting ready for a war if I have to go to. But maybe. But my goal going to this fight, I don't want to fight the three rounds. I want to get a finish over Masvidal. I know if I go out there. Do my best. If I'm present in the moment, I'll be able to finish your fight. And who knows? I think if I get a beautiful finish, I might get a title shot right after. So that, that's the goal. Yeah, that, that, that would be incredible. Is that what you would do? If you're in the octagon, you're doing the post-fight interview. Is that what you're calling for? You're calling for that title shot right after that? Yeah, 100%. And sometimes they're not going to give it to me, but I got I got I to gotta ask for it, right? You got to ask. So... If they give to me, they'll be beautiful. If not, I, I never I never run to a challenge. I never run to work. I'm a hard worker. If they're okay, you got to do one more, whatever, I'm going to do one more, you know. But uh, I'm looking for a busy year. I want to become a champion, working very hard for it. Let's see if I win over my doubt does. If not, we can do another one. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I've had those guys all on the podcast here. Leon's been on the show. Uh, Kamar Usman's been on the show. And, uh, you know, good dads and g- hard workers. And I think it's great to see. I-, I love what the UFC is doing. It shows the commitment, dedication, hard work, and it paying off. So uh, a big fan of you and what you guys are doing. Uh, last thing I want to hit you with here, Gilbert, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? I think the best advice I can do is – be the example don't 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 say it do it be the example like with your attitude make sure if you if you believe in god if you have your faith let they see your faith let they see you read the bible let let them see you treat order the way you want to be treated let's see even your spouse try treat her the way you want to someone to treat your daughter or your or whatever think you gotta be the example you don't don't just say it do it yeah i i love the message uh best of luck in the fight against masvidal on saturday you're a first class father all the way and thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here on first class fatherhood for sure thank you guys so much for having me it was a pleasure you have been listening to first class fatherhood please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details You can order First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.